All right. So the way we look at the world, Bob, is that our goal is to humanize the brand. In today's world of business, it's just crazy how everything became about the brand and the logo. So our mission is to make sure that each and every brand has the human aspect to it. So we always say we're all about the people. And so we love bringing the people out of the brand and to the forefront and helping them have an amazing digital presence, reputation, build credibility, and become the thought leaders that they already are, just externalizing that to the world. And that, that's our mission. Well, we're going to take in and break from the comment. This is Bob Rourke with Business Leaders Podcast, and we're doing a deep dive continuation of the SVA Value Accelerators podcast, Creating the Path to Higher Valuation with Sean Hutchinson. Our guest today is Dean Delisle. He's the lead advisor for sales and marketing acceleration, specifically social selling, influencer marketing. He's the founder and CEO of Forward Progress, a digital marketing company based in Chicago. He's also the creator of Social Jack, a business influencer development platform. They've served over 120,000 professionals in over 30 countries. Dean, thanks for taking the time and welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Awesome. So let's dig into it. So where you fit in with the value accelerators world? Well, like we all know, some people see sales and marketing, depending on the size of business, type of business, what your market is, who your customer is, as either something that's necessary or a necessary evil. And we try to take the evil out of necessary when it comes to sales and marketing. So we come in in that part when they're building value within an organization. One of the biggest assets are the customers that are around that business, the contacts, the network that surrounds that business. And in today's world, a huge part of that is social networks because it's something that Bob, you and I, and a lot of the listeners haven't grown up with, but now we've adapted to the fact that it's something that we really have to pay attention to because it used to be with marketing is really helping people get that voice and that brand out there. And so we could spend three or four podcasts on the evolution of marketing. But the real fact is that many businesses still don't understand what they need to do, how to measure, what the choices are between traditional marketing, marketing fundamentals, and digital marketing. And there's a whole, not only is it hard to understand, but it's also a changing landscape. I mean, you mentioned our social jack platform, and we're constantly dedicated to having our team of coaches literally scour the internet and determine of all the things that are updated, and we gauge about every 12 seconds, there's a new release, a new update, a change, a new mobile app, something that hits the marketplace. So it's our job to sift through that and say, here we have the mission of driving the business value by making this company known in the marketplace by growing a community and a following around this business. And digital is a big piece. What's the best things to do? What are the best tools to do? And we take traditional best marketing practices that have been around, honestly, for decades. I've been doing this for over 35 years. And now that I've dated myself back before punch cards. So as we look at how communication and computers and evolution has changed, you know, it's funny how now things are changing so fast, but yet the fundamentals still apply. So we help break that down. So a business owner, senior executive understands of these things, what are the most important things to know, understand, and manage? 
And then that increases the value of their business. So I'm, quote, prototypical business guy, business owner. And, you know, I struggle with the idea between getting a return on investment for my advertising versus branding. Right. And so when you get involved with the company, what happens after you walk through the front door uh, with the business? I come from the management consulting space, started at Merrill Lynch, and then went into an accounting firm. And by default, I was the smartest one related to technology. So I became the management advisory services department. That's how long ago that was. It's before those existed and before management consulting, quite honestly, existed in its true form. So I'm used to doing a discovery analysis. Now, think back, Bob, when you would talk about doing a marketing plan, some management consulting group would probably charge thirty-five dollars to $50,000. You'd get a book about the size of the Webster's Dictionary and then expect to somehow execute that on behalf of your business. Well, I got frustrated. I did a few of those and I said, this is hooey. I said, because I've never seen anybody execute off of these monster plans, let alone you have a business plan and now you have this marketing plan that's growing arms and legs because of all the options. So I came up system probably 20 years ago called the rapid launch plan. And then I do a rapid intake and I took all the components that we need to know and discover. So our first piece, which you're used to this because you do business valuations and things like that, you do an intake. You need to know what the current state is so that you can then tie it to the ideal state, which is why we do, you know, we find out what business goals are, what revenue areas are they trying to achieve, and then we map the pathways from that current state to the ideal state. So the first thing we do is what's called an ideal state action plan. So we do an intake, we determine what's so, what's real, what do they know, what do they believe. We even get down to the behavior part because I've studied psychology for the last 20 years. So the idea is, what is the behavior of the company? Because I could come in and I could know that I could see all day that you could double the size of your business with social media. But if you don't believe it or you don't have a growth mindset or an open mindset, it's never going to happen. I've been through too many things where I just feel like my head is going to start bleeding because I keep beating my head against the board. <laughs> They're just like, we don't believe. And I have people that hire me because they believe in what I'm saying and what we're doing. And the minute I come inside the walls, they don't understand. So we do a behavioral intake. We do a company situational analysis intake. We want to know what the goals are of the company. And then we determine the reality of what is the budget, what are their costs of sales, you know, and what do they know, and what do we have to bridge to make things happen? So that first part is always discovery. You know, I think in the acceleration of value process, and you think about coming in and you did the intake of information, and then you come back with an action plan of some description. So presumably, some part of that talks about brand recognition. And then some part of that talks about client acquisition. And I'm not sure they're that separate, but, you know, they're probably not identical. So when you're talking to a business owner and you're talking about the difference between a marketing plan to drive customers through the door and or branding, what type of things do you have as a distinction between client acquisition and branding, if any? Well, in today's world, like you're so right, those things cross over now because we go through a banking client 
before this, and we were talking about how are they going to measure success? And they said, well, we want our brand to be better known, and we're going through this exercise. And then we're tying it back to commercial lending and deposits and things like that. And so in today's world of digital, it's so much easier for us to do a little bit of both. So we need to understand what's important because it might be a very well-established brand. It just may not have the transactional data to help the company grow or to increase the value of the company. Or maybe they've lost market share. So that's why that intake is so important. So once we understand what that is, we always do a balance. We never really look at advertising or any type of digital work without making sure we're increasing brand value. Then we have some folks that want to just increase brand value. They have a great transactional sales system, and they just want better brand recognition and credibility. And that's where social media has just taken us so far so fast is that we can accomplish that. And I mentioned earlier about humanizing the brand. And so humanizing the brand has probably been one of the biggest movements, I would say, in the last five, six years in the industry, although some haven't heard about it. Started at the Fortune 500, we have big monster clients like GE and Nationwide and American Family Insurance and other big companies. And so we get to see what they're doing. And the cool thing is we can bring the economy of scale to a smaller mid-sized business by saying, oh, we can easily pull this off with a mid-market company or a smaller company. And how can this apply in scale? So once we see the people that have big checkbooks making things work, and that's what sometimes will drive me crazy, Bob, is I'll be inside of a large, what was I, with a $20 billion company. I was training them last week. They're in 100 countries. They're really doing well. And they are just now at the infancy stage of brand, you know, their brand is solid in the industry, but they're just now at the infancy stages of humanizing the brand. I was working with Microsoft last year and their whole initiatives was taking engineers from the back room and bringing them to the forefront. And one of my best friends is the head storyteller at Microsoft. Would you ever think that would be a position within a Fortune 500 company? Chief storytelling officer. So that... (laughs) That is somebody that helps the people in the brand tell the story. So, you know, you have this whole component where you're constantly updating the brand and helping with those transitions. And you just determine based on what the outcome is, the desired outcome, where the focus is. Now, what's interesting about this is you mentioned advertising and branding. You didn't have sales in there. You mentioned it, you hinted at it, but one of the biggest things is the fact that you use the term as you were describing some of what we do as social selling, which is nothing different than building a relationship with your audience. And we've been doing social selling without social media for centuries. I mean, you and I come from the land of building our networks and it's all about your Rolodex and it's all about who you know and that whole thing. And what we do is we help weave these things together and make it so that it's achievable and it's measurable. Because you mentioned the ROI and we have ROI calculators and we actually button it down to the amount of time that your team spends on the internet in social media. We have an ROI calculator that shows you what the net outcome should be and measures the outcome to that. You know, I think about what you're talking about in buyer's perspective, obviously at some point, the business owner will transition the business one way or another. And many companies have a website that looks like an online brochure. 
Right. And then that's about how well it functions. So from a buyer's perspective, when you're working inside of a company, what's the reaction of the buyer to what I maybe is the typical approach to brand recognition and social media versus their reaction to what you guys bring to the table, I guess. Does it really flow to the bottom line? What do you see on multiple expansion for the potential buyer? Yeah, I mean, there has to be continuity. So you can't be a slick-looking, sounding machine in social media and then drive them back to a half-painted brick wall. It just doesn't bode well. You know, things have to flow. We tell people that Whatever is happening at the point of customer acquisition, whether it's a LinkedIn post or it's an ad, a digital ad or something they click on, it's the start of a conversation. And this whole world, this digital marketing thing is really in all advertising and marketing, even if you're reading an ad, it's the start of a conversation. And when you set an expectation up front and you don't continue the conversation or the feel on the website, People have a very short attention span in today's world because of all the digital disruption that we're in. In fact, you may already know this, but the average internet user has an attention span of seven to eight seconds. That the, compares favorably with a goldfish, doesn't it? You know that, right? So it's just nine <laughs> seconds. I was just, looking, I was just looking at our goldfish when we come in, and sometimes we'll do a stare down, but I never get past that nine seconds. Goldfish actually has more staring power than I do. But the idea here is that we don't have the luxury of doing the full page back of the paper and just leaning on that one thing or being in that place in the phone book like we used to do. Now we have to be consistent, present, and accurate and conversational. So that's why we focus. You'll hear a lot of us focusing a lot on storytelling. So whether it's about the team or humanizing the brand and telling that story, or it's the brand and the product line that we're trying to sell, telling that story to that customer at the point of contact, it's important that we continue the story and don't make them feel like we've led them to the wrong place or made them feel like, oh, look at this cool ad with this video. We've done this great video and spend all this money on cool video ads. And when they come to the website, it looks like, oh, where's all the video that I was looking at? Or it looks like it needs a paint job or it's, you know, old and stodgy. And so that's why when we go, when we do our analysis, we take it all the way down to the front part of the website and we go under the hood and find all the broken pieces and then make some determination of, well, should we really be doing some marketing? Should we really focus on this or do we have pieces that we need to fix first before we put all this out there? So there's a lot to think about around some of this. You know, the typical time frame for transition efforts is, you know, two, three, four year time frame. So if you're brought in earlier on to the process and you've done your due diligence and done your ask and understand where they are, what's a typical time frame? for you guys to go through, address the issues, and start being able to measure an outcome? All of our programs are sprint designs. I mentioned a rapid launch plan. So start to finish from intake to launch is typically 90 days maximum. Well, well, no, because there's launch point, and then there's the point of impact. We're now running out there, and we've now changed and added value to the brand, which a lot of times is a one-year 
you know, piece that we do. You know, there's a lot of times that we can make an impact up front, depending on what we're starting with and what we're going to. But realistically, that 90 days gets us a launch point, And then we're adjusting and shifting and measuring to make sure we get to that. And we define that as part of the rapid launch plan. When we're brought in, we'll be like, okay, our trajectory to increase value in the marketplace build community and network and increase your multiples by one to two times, that impact is going to take X number of months or could take a year and a half, depending on where we're trying to get to. You know, I would be remiss at this juncture if people are listening and they've heard about your rapid launch and they've heard about, you know, your social jack. How do people find you on social media if they want to reach out to you? If you just type in my name, Dean Delisle, or you type in Social Jack, definitely find a lot about us. And then if you type in forward progress, which is a football term, Bob, I don't know if you follow football, but I was sitting there and I kept hearing, I was in a, I owned a company that I was selling that felt stuck like it was going nowhere. And the CFO would just be overwhelmed and just say, I don't know where to go. And then I would come in straight from listening to more football because I'm a football fanatic. And I go, all I want you to do is move a few inches, make some forward progress. And when we transition that company, he goes, you should call your next company forward progress. So our digital marketing agency is called Forward Progress because sometimes depending on what you start with, it is a game of inches to get it moving. But then once you get it moving, you can gain some momentum. So, And the last name is D-E-L-I-S-L-E for the folks that are going, how do I spell? Yeah, D-Lyle, right. Yeah, it's not Delisle, but if you pay us enough, you can call me Delisle if that's okay. <laughs> you know, and for the business owner that's listening, you know, what would be the ideal client that would bring value accelerators on board and you guys on board? What would the ideal client look like? I would say a small to mid-market company, but I think the most important thing, Bob, is mindset. You need to have a growth mindset or what we call sometimes a beginner's mindset because a lot of times coming into engagements and expectations, and you know this in the exit planning space, of, well, I think I should get 10x for this company because my buddy got 10x for this company, or my company should be valued at this because of this. And we come in with judgments and perceptions, and I think sometimes knowing too much or being stuck in our box. And I think what's important for people to hear, it's like, throw out the trash, come in with a clean mindset. If you have somebody that has an open mindset, they're really open to whatever it takes to grow. They're on a mission. That's who we want to work with. I don't want to say it budget doesn't matter, but I would rather have a growth mindset business owner and leadership team that is ready to do whatever it takes, roll up the sleeves and make it happen than people that are just, you know, stuck in a wheel of doing things the same way. So, you know, in thinking about the business owner and then you've got a potential acquisition group. And the acquisition group goes, I'm really looking at a business that I can buy and bolt on. You know, everything's written down, all the standards, procedures, policies, and so on. So when you guys engage in a company to design both their branding and their marketing, what types of things do you put in place where an acquiring company can step in and go, the marketing plan is existing and is running well, and so on. So what should that acquiring company see? 
Yeah, they should see our rapid launch plan, which is a multi-page living document that defines the brand, the inventory of digital assets, the new definition of assets. We do an inventory. One of the biggest assets is data in today's world. So we make sure that data is at the forefront, so they should see a great inventory of data. And then making sure that they see a plan that isn't just something that happened, but something that continues to happen to cause that company to continue to grow. So they're not just buying into the trajectory that's happened, but they're buying into what's next. And so they should see that, they should enjoy that and love that, and both sides should enjoy that part of the transaction. I am sure there's a multitude of things that I have failed to ask you that you typically get asked when you first step in to a business. Are any of those that are on your mind that I should have asked you about? I guess I could talk for a long time. I still think that there's a lot of companies that are traditionalist. And what I mean by that is I think, you know, I had the pleasure of, like I mentioned, growing up when computers were just becoming affordable for small and medium-sized businesses. When I was going in and transitioning people off mainframes and they were going to uh, peer-to-peer networks, I was in the first graduating class of Novell Network Engineers. I remember Novell. Yeah, right? So a very stable network. I was sorry to see it go, but Microsoft and others just had the market share. It was like the Betamax thing, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So in that, that was my opportunity. And all of a sudden, I'd be working at a bank. I'd be working at a law firm. Then I was in manufacturing. Then I was in distribution. And one of the things... I can remember a CEO, I believe it might have been at ITW, which is a big conglomerate here in Chicago at the time. I was working with several other companies. And he goes, our problem is we need to stop thinking like a manufacturing company. I go, that is a profound statement. And so when I think about the fact when somebody is like, well, have you ever worked with this type of company before? Odds are I probably have just because I have a short attention span and I love seeing how businesses work. So I've had the blessing of that and somewhat the curse sometimes. But the thing is, I'll walk in and I'll go, maybe you just need to stop operating like whatever the company is. Maybe you need to stop acting like a distribution company or acting like a construction company. (laughs) And you need to think a little differently and outside the box. And that's where I think you start breaking down the things that are a balance between the company being great and effective at being the process of being the type of business that they are, but really evolving into the business that they should be or could be. Well, you know, it's really interesting to think about the online sociology involved with what you're doing in human behavior. Yep. You know, we're already hardwired for stories anyways, and that's how knowledge was passed until, I don't know, some time ago. But I really appreciate you taking the time to do this deep dive on what you bring to the table with the Value Accelerators and look forward to maybe reconvening again. Yeah, absolutely. I sure appreciate your time. Thank you so much. You bet.